from literally only one place. It's just meaningful plastic. Here are the live and in-person hosts and judges, Katie Clay and and Chris Dockham Goodman. You heard it here, folks. We are in person. We are live. Live. Question mark. We are giddy. This could be a real fun one, everybody. Katie, I am so happy to be here, but I must... I must make the listeners aware, the judges might not like it, but our body contact is pretty far apart. We're trying to be safe and also be in person, but also, like, we're in person together. We're in person. I can, like, look into your physical eyes right now. What a time to be alive. I, it just feels, it's just plastic. But it means so much. There's good, there's great, and there's being in person together. (laughs) Chris, I had to let it happen. I had to change. Had to stay all my life. I don't remember. What's the words? For Don't Cry From Your Argentina. Well, Katie, of course I didn't recognize it because there wasn't a paso rhythm underneath it. <laughs> That's right. More importantly than us being together in person, we have another Andrew Lloyd Webber paso. <laughs> Thank God. We have so much to talk about today. We literally have a group dance. We have multiple dances in the second week that we have to talk about. And the single most important thing to have ever happened in a podcast, we get to talk about Dance Center. The fact that it worked out that our in-person recording was also the first ever Dance Center. Is chef's kiss. Lord Mirrorballus is truly shining, watching over us. Shining down upon us right now. Shining his glittery, non-disco ball face. <laughs> it's a mirror ball. I think Joey calls it correctly and like very like in in week seven, I think Joey talks about the mirror ball uh-huh. and like stops and thinks right before he says mirror ball trophy. <laughs> He's like, yes, I want the t- mirror ball trophy, of course. I mean, he already shades Ian in these two episodes. Why not just throw this in his face? I love it. I love it. Well, Chris... Despite being, like, so incredibly excited to see you, do you think that we should start talking about the dances? No, I think we should start talking about random inanities, like, let's do West Side Story, let's do Housewives, let's do, you know, the entire- Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, I'm down for that. I was going to say the oeuvre of Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) We have so much Katie, I would talk about cats so hard right now. Oh my god, I would too. I was trying to get my, I was in Denver this weekend and I was trying to get Kirsten to watch it and she would not go for it. And I was like, guys, we have to watch Cats. It's a perfect movie. Correct. If you had to perform one of the numbers in Cats, like if you were replacing one of the celebrities, which cat are you going to be? I don't know his... Oh, I do know his name, Mr. Mistopheles, because that's probably oh, the song that like I know the best. The non-celebrity. Yes. <laughs> in the cast. What about you? Jay Hut? That is such a hard question. No, I do not want to sing memory. No. Um, 
There are so many cats I would love to be in that movie, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think... I think it would be fun. I'm also going to go with a non-celebrity. <laughs> um, I think I would want to be Robbie Fairchild cat. The, okay. Like one who kind of leads Jellicle songs yeah. for Jellicle cats and then does the horribly inappropriately like maybe sensual dance immediately thereafter about the Jellicle ball and names. And he's like, oh, it's yeah. weird. It's so I, weird. I know who you're talking about. Yes. A fitting choice. <laughs> or I think it would be fun to be Ian McKellen cat. Sir Ian McKellen cat. Yeah. That one, old Gus or whatever. Yeah. Gus is the cat at the theater door. Yes. What is his actual name? Augustus. Yes. That's it. But you can call him just Gus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, Truly, sir, a perfect movie. Sir Ian McKellen did not understand the assignment of the movie <laughs> because he, I think he delivers a genuinely like emotional, moving performance. Yes, yes. He does not understand what he's there for. No, he does not. No, he does not. Anyway, <laughs> back to Dancing with the Stars. Let's dive right in. Let's begin with our first fallen comrade. Let's begin with Heather Mills McCartney. Heather Mills. Charity activist donator. I don't even know what they said. Ex-wife of Paul McCartney. (laughs) That's why she's famous. And her partner. Hot. Jonathan Roberts. (laughs) What will we do without him on this season? Oof. I don't know. Turn to Max. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Heather is the one that performs a phenomenal Andrew Lloyd Webber possibly. When Heather in the package started talking about what song they were performing to, I screamed. I immediately texted Katie <laughs> because she says like, we're performing to don't cry for me, Argentina. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> Not even necessarily knowing. I think we knew that it was a Paso Doble, but just oh, knowing. Oh, we knew it was a Paso. Yeah, we knew it was a Paso. We knew it was Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. And we knew that we were in for a very real treat. Treat. We were in for an experience. We were in for an experience. Honestly, this is such a tangent. Yeah. But I guess I forgot... Because this is 2007, mm-hmm. um, and they go to see Evita on the West End, mm-hmm. starring Elena Roger. I forgot that that revival, again, is open in the West End in 2007. It doesn't come to Broadway for, like, five years or Really? Something. Like, five years later, Elena Roger comes, and her reviews in London were so good, and everybody's like, oh my god, this is going to be great. She, like, w- did not get particularly good reviews in New York. Really? And Ricky Martin starred in it (laughs) against her in New York. Interesting. I I care more about Evita than I care about this pasta. (laughs) And I don't really care about Evita. Um, uh, Do I think... What? The pasta was like... What, you were asking a question. Like, do you think... Dot, dot, dot. Oh, do you think that she got bad reviews because her voice was, like, spent after doing it in London for so long? Maybe, but I don't think it was open in London for five years before it transferred. Okay. I think it, just... it like closed and then they were like, okay, it's eventually going to come. And it was like years later. But I believe her, like, 
Because, I mean, Patti LuPone, the original yes. Evita, is like powerhouse. And Evita is known for being a very hard role because Andrew Lloyd Webber, I say this as somebody like who's not a composer, like who does not have the success that he does. Yeah. What he writes for women or just anybody sometimes is like, you can't sustain doing this like eight shows a week. Yeah. Evita is like notoriously for... like written in a way that's like not sustainable. Uh-huh. Um, and like you have powerhouse Patty LuPone version. Mm-hmm. Elena Roger, I I believe the word on her was like her voice was just thinner. Oh. And like it just a very different thing. I don't know. I it, clearly I'm talking with so much research and experience. Yeah. I know all the things about Evita. Yeah. I love it. I would never want to have to be directly compared to Patty LuPone. I'm going to see her in December. Are you really? I'm going to see her in company. Oh my god. I know. Shut up, Patty LuPone. I cannot believe you get to see Patty LuPone in Pert. Mm-hmm. Are you going to die? And like she's going to sing The Ladies Who Lunch and I'm just going to be like, when she starts singing Rise, I'm like, yes. I'm gonna, I'll be, do it. I would just immediately start sobbing. Oh my God, I cannot believe that you get to see her. I know. But truly, the thing I always think of with Patty LuPone is when she guested on Will and Grace. Uh-huh. And uh, Jack. Jack. Who's the actor? I'm trying to think of his name. Um... Sean Hayes. Yeah. When Sean Hayes like turns around and is just like, shut up, Patty LuPone. <laughs> and like, that's the thing I always think of with Patty. Um, she was also on Girls, and I really liked her on Girls. <laughs> like Hannah like interviews her and she, As Patty LuPone? Yeah. And she is just very funny in that. Queen. Diva. Yeah. We we stand. Anyway, the pasta. <laughs> the pasta doble. Um they had a cool move where he knee slid under her and like lands behind her. She leans back and he like pushes her up. And that was the most memorable part of the pasta for me. I'm glad you remembered it. I forgot it all. Forgot it all. I mean, it was not a good dance for her. It just didn't work. Too she, frantic. She was not intense. She and looked she, overwhelmed. She had no idea what to do with her shoulders. No. No. Her arms lacked strength. Like, it just was a very... But it got a decent score. It was overscored. Way overscored. Because it got 7, 8, 8, 23. Yeah. Like, it did not deserve that. No. Vastly overscored. It just... It was ill-conceived from the jump for me. And I think you made a really good point, too, where, like, it was almost like the producers were actively trying to get her out at this point because she performs early in her paso. She is not in the package for the group dance. There were just a lot of factors kind of working against her. Yeah, and this is not a good... This is the worst song choice of the week. Yes. Like, all these things that are so strange. Um... I mean, Heather was fine. Yeah. But I can't say, like, what is the season going to lose without her there? Nothing. So. Bye, girl. What a, what a eulogy. <laughs> what will we miss? Um, Katie did mention it. There was a group dance mm-hmm. this week. We're going to talk about it right now because it was a mess. I didn't think it added literally anything to the competition. No. Well, it was a group swing. Yes. And I mean, maybe not as disrespectful as a group disco, but like up there. I understand in this era of Dancing with the Stars, they're trying to do styles of dances they're not 
going to do otherwise. Yes. Which isn't a bad idea, but Uh like swing dancing is kind of something already vaguely messy. Yes. And oh boy, is this messy. Yes. Um, Heather was not available to practice when they were doing their sort of one big rehearsal for this dance. So as mentioned, she's not even in the package. Mm -hmm. Or like discuss, like there's never even like a... There is one brief mention of Heather can't be here. That's too bad. And that's it. Yeah. Like there's no like, who's going to teach this to Heather and Jonathan? Like there's none of that. Mm -hmm. I did love Layla Ali kills this package absolutely she does she steals every second of absolutely it. she does she understood the assignment and she's the only female star dancing with all the female professionals yes. and she stacks up uh-huh she does she wins she like quips she dances well she wins who is the strongest guy here Layla Holly <laughs> immediately raises her hand Without any hesitation. I love that moment. A queen. Joey and Ian sort of make a make an impact. Like they turn to Ian for a lot of this package. Yeah. Basically just as a narrator. Yeah. And then Joey gets a couple good bits in. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, the package is kind of worthless. And now let's quick hit the dance. Okay. Okay, Katie. John. Um, he had a weird lift. It, not memorable. Mm-hmm. Master BRC. Stuck out like a sore thumb. And he used a lot of the same moves from his drive. Apollo. Seemed to be having fun and had like the kind of like launching lift where they kind of like throw their partner and they kick their like feet mm-hmm. out. He was fine. Ian. Had a good lift. Only real thing that stood out. Yeah, to me, Ian was kind of the most lift-heavy, whereas Apollo was the most dance-heavy. Yes. Joey. Probably my favorite of the dance. Heather. Um, I think Jonathan dropped her. Legitimately. It was hard to even notice if anybody was dropping people because it was just a mess. Yeah, like in their little like solo section, it kind of looked like he dropped her. But I honestly thought... Billy Ray stood out way more than she did as, like, Mm -hmm. not with it when they were all supposed to be, like, in sync. Like, your eye was instantly drawn to him. Layla. Uh, Loved that she was carrying Max. (laughs) And I think that's everybody. That's everybody. Yeah, it just was pointless. It was a thing that happened. And now we are going to switch it up a bit. We are not following a running order. We are not following a show order. We are not following our normal format. Chris, what order are we going in? We are following the order of stars discussed in Kenny Nain's Dance Center. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's not the Dance Center theme. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we will talk so much more about Dance Center. But, Katie... This is sort of the first time that you as an adult or someone who would like notice these remember. Yeah. Just very briefly, how would you describe Kenny Maine, Jerry Rice, and Len Goodman's Dance Center? Perfection. It is hilarious. It is dry. It is fun. It is witty. It is literally 
so good. It is, it's just a segment where Kenny Mayne and Jerry Rice roast the contestants. I would argue much more Kenny Mayne than Jerry Rice. Yes. But (laughs) yes, because Jerry is sort of saying, let's kind of summarize how the person has been. Len will get into some of the technicals and then Kenny will just just boom. Just deliver a knife to the gut. It is so funny. I I truly love that they do it in like sports analytic style. Yes. It just makes it, it's so dry. It's so funny. All of it is so, like the graphics that they show, like the way that they cut to things, the way that it's produced, like it is so funny. And we will, we will get more in depth in yes. Dance Center over time, but we're going to start with the first Dance Center star. Let's talk about Ian Ziering and Cheryl Motherforkin Burke. In week six, they perform a pasta doble. Chris, what'd you think of the dance? I'm just very confused by my notes because if the first note is this music feels more appropriate for a paso. It is. <laughs> it is. Good thing they chose it for I, a paso. <laughs> I'm sure that means I was like, it's probably like a samba or a cha-cha or something that's not a paso. And I... Never. And I just wrote down the word paso instead. Um, He's good. Here's the thing. Ian Ziering is good. And I can understand how he and Cheryl are probably frustrated about hearing this from the judges. But I'm with the judges. He's just lacking something extra. Yes. I really do think there's something about, like, the energy that you project while you're dancing. Like, that's what made Emmett as endearing as he was. Like, there's just certain... You either have it or you don't. And I don't think you can teach it. And I don't think he has it. Yeah. But we can't even say what it is. He just keeps hearing, like, oh, you just need to let go. You need to have more fun. He does. And then it's like, oh, you're just missing... This. Another thing yeah. that we can't really define and let's see. I don't know. I, I truly cannot say what it is. But I just don't. Like, I don't really like any of his dances, even though they're not bad. Mm-hmm. The Paso for me was a little fluid at some parts when I wanted him a lot sharper. And I thought that he lost his posture at times. But it was like he had good Spanish lines. It underwhelmed me. It felt very different for a Paso, but I kind of liked that. It was sort of non-Paso-esque. Yeah. And that kind of worked Mm -hmm. on him. Yeah. An underwhelming dance. It scored a 24. I don't know. It's so hard to talk about Ian because I can't tell you why I'm like underwhelmed. But I am. Mm-hmm. And that's going to continue into week seven. Uh, they start the week doing a tango to hold an out for a hero. And I don't know. There was no passion in it. I did not feel like I had a great connection between them. I thought the dance felt a little frantic at times. Again, they had a cool move. Like, one cool move. But... 
it wasn't it didn't it doesn't pack a punch and I think in the next dance the judges make a good comment that could maybe be what we're feeling Mm -hmm. well I will say I'm not sure I quite agree with you I thought it was a really well choreographed routine I'd never thought it was frantic I thought it was like very well conceived I love a Cheryl Burke tango she delivers here. I don't know if it was the choreography that was frantic or if it was like their dancing of the choreography that was frantic where like I think the routine worked but it just he almost felt so rushed and nervous to get through it. I thought it was well performed. I suppose as I look at this like their tango of their three dances they perform in these two weeks the tango is probably my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. I think he does the best for me. Mm-hmm. It still, again, is lacking that like nth to take this well choreographed, well performed dance and turn it into something magic. Mm-hmm. But it is their best. Um, what did you think of the package for week, their week seven with special guest oh. dance teacher? Billy Ray Cyrus. I didn't understand what was happening. Why did they bring him in? Because Carrie Ann in week six says, you know who you could benefit watching? Billy Ray. Because he brings the fun to every dance. So they bring in Billy Ray to like do a totally stupid, pointless segment that I also wasn't mad at. (laughs) It was stupid. It was pointless. But I kind of liked it. I, I sort of did though because I was like, this is so dumb, but like, I, it's it's kind of funny. I think it's always fun to watch like the perf- the stars interacting with each other. Like I love watching in the background and seeing like who's talking to who and like how our friendships forming. So like it is always fun to see that part of it. But I was just rolling my eyes the whole time. Mm-hmm. And before we move on, this is going to be true at least twice in week seven. Mm-hmm. A ridiculously blatant lift towards the end. Yes. Not called. No. Score is a 27. Yeah. And, I mean, it was a case... Both of the lifts were, like, the female just wasn't able to keep her foot on the ground. Yeah. But still, they call those all the time. Yes. Especially Carrie Ann in later seasons. And, like, like, it was so, so blatant. Yes. So their second dance of week seven, we had a ballroom and then a Latin round. Mm-hmm. So for the Latin round of the night, they performed a mambo. Go! I struggled critiquing this dance because I thought Ian's legs, I thought waist down, I could not stop his knees were super bent and were very far apart and I could not stop just watching them and being like, I don't know if this is horrific posture or if this is proper posture because we just don't know that much about mambos. Mm-hmm. Well, you were focusing on the legs. I was focusing on like the face upper body performance. Perfect. So both of us combined <laughs> watched a dance. Yes, we did. <laughs> and I felt primed to watch for that because obviously their package is all about letting go, performing, having fun. Yeah. 
here is my question. How do you get somebody to just loosen up, to not make it feel like work, to just let go and have fun? How do you get somebody to do that? Because it feels like Cheryl and Billy Ray and anybody else working with him being like, okay, you just need to kind of let go. You just need to dance. You just need to feel it. You just need to have fun. It seems like Ian takes that and says, okay, well, I'm going to work on that and I'm going to work on letting go. I am going to make it an my assignment, job. <laughs> my job, that I'm going to just dance and have fun. Yeah. So it just always feels like work with him. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you get him a therapist and you say, when did your trust issues start? It's like how, because it does kind of come down to that. <laughs> Is that horrible? I think what sold that to me was you were like, this is legitimate. And I'm here like, that is the most savage, funny read. And then I realized you were being totally sincere the whole way. (laughs) I am. When did your trust issues start? You asked a question. I answered it. You are, you are one in a million. (laughs) So that's how I would get him to let go. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's one way. What would you do? Well, that's why I'm asking the question because I don't know. Because saying that just like, you know what? Don't think, just do is my general like thing I will kind of throw somebody in the deep end and say okay you don't get to think about it do it um one of my favorite ever teaching things I tell this story all the time um when I was directing a high school production of Into the Woods I had a student who was looking at the the big little red solo I know things now Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay do you think you can do it without the words in front of you she's like no I can't And I was like, okay, great. And I walked over, took the script and said, and the music starts now. Uh And she did the whole thing. Did it without missing a beat. Without missing a word. And it finishes and she's like, okay, but I can't do it. I was like, (laughs) girl, do you You, know what you just did? You just did it. So like in that case, she let go by doing it in the moment. Still didn't believe that she could. Yeah. But like she did it in the moment. With Ian... I don't know. I don't know how you get somebody to do the dance and just do it in that sort of way, like stop thinking. But it's just so performative for me yeah. when he dances. Yeah. And I don't know how you fix that. I have no idea. Therapy. Lots and lots of therapy. Yep. This is the dance that the judges make a comment. And they had not mentioned this yet in the season where they say that their relationship has always felt very cold to the judges and that this was the best partnership that the two of them have showed. And I don't know if maybe that is what has been lacking in his dances. That's not a bad point. And I haven't really ever thought that they felt cold towards each other, but the judges say it. And I was like, well, shoot, maybe that's what we're missing. So maybe Cheryl just needs to get over herself and- <laughs> Like I am. Maybe Cheryl needs to go to therapy. (laughs) What does that 
dance score, Katie? Their Mambo scores a 27. They see straight nines on both of their dances. Which they're happy about. Those are their highest scores yet. Yep. So now we'll move right along to the female Emmett Smith, as Dance Center dubs her, Layla Ali and Max Shermakovsky. Layla comes through in these two. I'm in love with her. After week six and seven, I'm in love with her. I'm hoping that being in person (laughs) and the joy that we're feeling around these circumstances will help soften some of what I'm about to say. Mm -hmm. I felt like her cha-cha was almost like two different dances. I thought the first half of it was lacking. It had very little content and I thought it was tame. And then the second half was like jam packed, a lot of fun, so much better than the first half. And I would say the second half redeemed the first half, but like I struggled with this one. I don't fully disagree. Okay. I thought there was too much solo Max stuff. Mm-hmm. He certainly gave himself a lot to do mm-hmm. when she did nothing. Yeah. But I do agree, especially in the second half, she did a lot. I just really enjoy her uniqueness as a performer. Like she, when you think of a cha-cha, you think we're going big, bold, yep. all this. She really underplays it. Yep. But it works. Mm-hmm. It's very small, but she's like also giving you a lot of funk and then she'll like burst out in a grin and then do a big move. It just, I think because it was so different, but it also just worked on her. Mm-hmm. I loved it. She definitely like commands your attention. And I feel bad because I feel like, Every week I'm like surprised at how she can move and how well, you know, she can move her hips and like, oh, she looks so soft and feminine. And I don't know why week after week I'm always like, oh, I'm so shocked by this because she delivers it every week. And so I think maybe I am just... Why y'all gagging? She brings it to you every time. Dry Grace? (laughs) But I am... I enjoy her as a person Mm -hmm. a lot she's just like feels quiet and intense but then it's like so sly and so fun and dry like i love her Mm -hmm. so that dance they got a 28 katie what are their scores they score (laughs) two nines and a 10 from bruno oops sorry i told you the score too early do you, is this Yeah, Samantha did that. Yeah, I know. That's okay. what I was doing. Okay, thank you. I literally thought I had lost my mind. No, Samantha's ear clearly like mentioned the score to her. Yes. And so she says, that's a 28 for uh, Layla and Max. Uh, let's go find out their scores. Yes. Like it goes like that. I literally. She handles it very well. She says, you know, like a score of 28. That's a good score on the night or like something like that. And then I literally rewound the thing like three times and was like, 
when did they say the score? Yeah, they go to the score right after. Right after. It is it is handled well because Samantha explains like, oh yeah, like people yep. in my ear, I heard it, I accidentally said it. Yep. Oops. Um, but it, I mean, so it was a good educational moment for viewers in 2007, <laughs> but I, I thought she, she did not freak, which no. is good. No. So that's a 28 for Layla and Max. Moving along to week seven in the ballroom round, they kicked off the night with a quick step. I thought Max did a lot of things for himself in this stance. There was a lot of very small, like, moves that he would do that she was not doing. The judges definitely liked it better than I did, Uh so I'm with you. It was fine. It just, it didn't pick up speed nearly soon enough. Yep. For a quick step. And... It just got, just get a little, got a little wonky in the middle. Mm-hmm. I thought that her dress was gorgeous. I thought her dress moved really well, and I enjoyed the dance. Um, it just felt max heavy. Yeah, I didn't necessarily get max heavy, but it just, it. It wasn't what I wanted, but I also didn't necessarily expect a lot out of her quick step. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't think she could, but I was re- I was ready for round two for her. Yeah. And, ooh, baby. So, Len gives it a nine, and they get a 29 for this dance, which, interesting. But then, they launch into the Latin round with an opening samba. Mm-hmm. Katie... How was this Samba for you? This was a very good Samba, despite not one Samba role. I want more difficult choreography for her. I think that Max is playing it too safe with her. I totally disagree on this. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think this was a safe Samba at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it wasn't, like, the most technically difficult Samba we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. But this is a Samba that required a lot of performance Mm -hmm. and required selling personality. And not that Layla can't do that, but this was, like, a sort of cheeky, low-key, fun Samba, but... Because it was low key in what they were doing, that can very quickly turn to low energy, no fun for the audience. But I want him to give her like such difficult choreography. I want him to give her a dance that I go, how how did they pull that off except for being exceptionally phenomenal? But see, that's what I thought this one was because how many people have have we ever seen like do a samba, of all dances, a samba where it's like, Let's not use a lot of energy. A lot of moves are, like, smaller. The whole thing isn't, like, big, really playing to the audience. The thing was, like, doing small little bits between them, doing a little bit of, like, winky-winky, nudge-nudge. How many things have we seen like that before? We really haven't. We haven't, yeah. It was a very different Samba. And when you hear Samba, you're ready for something, like, big explosive. And they went really small. And for me... 
that small was explosive in its own way. Especially because at the very end, you open that box and she, like, finishes with those final, like, solo moves and Max just literally, like... Walks off the floor. Shrugs and walks off the floor. I mean, I squealed in delight. It didn't work for me. Okay. And I appreciate, like, pushing the bounds of the dance. Like, I appreciate, like, redefining what a samba can be. It just did not quite work for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want this in every samba. Yeah. But, like, doing one and kind of surprising me with something unexpected. Mm-hmm. Especially from Layla, who, like, can sometimes be very, like, s- serious-minded. Yeah. And to do this... Again, it was just so cheeky Mm -hmm. was the word I kept returning to. I will give them a lot of props because the um, timing, like they would slow down and then they'd go fat. Like the timing was kind of all over the place and they were right on the money with that. So I will give them their their dues there. This dance scores. A perfect 30. We've now had two Sambas that have scored a perfect 30 on the season. Yep. I loved this. I thought Layla was the far and away star of these two weeks. Sure. Should I just start talking about how I hate her and maybe you'll love her then? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) So moving from one big 30 to one big butt. It's Joey Fatone. <laughs> the way that they like slowly, slowly circled this huge bottom and then wrote like big <laughs> slowly next to it. Oh, the use of the sports telestrator for Joey was so funny. I loved it. They in week six dance a samba. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Kim and Joey? I really enjoyed this dance. I don't know if I'm ready to say I'm like 100% all in on Joey, but I think I'm getting there. I think I'm very close to being all in. Um, They brought the Samba King, Jerry Springer, to their ball, to their rehearsal. Wasn't it great to see Mr. Springer again? I loved it. He immediately had Joey with the shirt off. It was everything you wanted from Jerry Springer. This um, packet, that package was so weird though, because it started really like sincere. Joey is and, so much more serious now. Uh, this different side of Joey. And it was so sweet. And then it's like, and now here comes Jerry. Yeah. I really enjoyed the Samba. They had a forward-facing samba roll. Very close contact. My jaw was on the floor. I thought he was really feeling the dance. I had a difficult time finding the beat with the song. And I felt like when they were supposed to be, like, doing in-sync movements. Get it? In-sync. One of them was definitely a smidge off. And I couldn't tell. Was it JT? Yes, it's always JT. Um, Was it Chris Kirkpatrick? He's a member of I think he's a member. Okay, there's Fat One, JT. JC? Is he he a Baxter? (gasps) JC? JC? Shaz? 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 
And haven't we done this on the podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, we definitely have. And Lance Bass. <laughs> Deja vu. <laughs> um, I definitely noticed clip movements in the song. Yes. It, he hit some things too hard. Yes. And it so, was out of place. I wanted a lot more fluidity from him. But oh, I he really... has such good body motion yeah. so much of the time. That when he clips it, mm-hmm. it's very noticeable. Yeah. I thought there was so much cool choreography in this. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing didn't gel for me. Okay. I thought it was good, but I, I can't... I can't, like, love it unabashedly. Do you think it was me because it was the first dance of the night, too? No? no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. Cool. Good talk. <laughs> what good content I bring. So you just felt kind of meh about it? And I liked it a lot, but I was like, I can't get all the way on board. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you're like ready to be all in on Joey. I like him very, very much. Yes. Sometimes, maybe it's because he is kind of so class clowny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just like, I don't feel like I can love him. Yeah. I enjoy him, but like he can almost sometimes be just too much almost. That that might be why I'm not quite ready to Mm -hmm. be like all in on him is because there are definitely like parts, but then he gets out and he dances and I'm like, I don't even care that you're the class clown because I'm just loving your dancing Mm -hmm. right now. Well, that's the thing. When you look at some of our old like turn to people to be silly, goofy, funny Mm -hmm. contestants, they usually have not been as good at dancing as him. Yes. So his samba gets him a score of 27. He sees straight nines. Then, what was the way their foxtrot made you feel? I loved it. I loved that music. I loved that arrangement of the way you make me Mm -hmm. feel. Loved it. I loved everything about the foxtrot. I wrote very few notes because I I just took it in and enjoyed it. Smooth, technical, in character. I only had one note. That big old butt was sometimes a little too far out. Mm-hmm. Well, when it's so big, it's a lot to control there. <laughs> That's a real. It's like a very strange way to phrase that. <laughs> Do you want to control? Nope. <laughs> So yeah, I, I absolutely adored the Foxtrot. I love Foxtrot, so this is nobody should be surprised by what I'm saying. Oh no, it was it was fabulous. Yeah. And in the package, Joey made fun of Ian for being too serious. I love that Joey and Ian seem to have some sort of like playful rivalry, rivalry. that might not be that playful. Yes. Yes. So his Foxtrot sees a 29. Len gives it a nine. Mm-hmm. Then they finish the night in the Latin round with a jive. Holy shirt. It was so good. His high kick is where he matched the same height as Kim, who has legs four, four days. days. It was so good. An explosion of fun. It, it like, was. Mm. It was. Probably my favorite dance of the night. I have nothing to say about it. Like, it was phenomenal. 
Len says they were totally in sync. And that one was intentional. <laughs> it was, Who it, are the members of NSYNC? Um, I think it's uh, J.C. Chavez. Chazer. Caesar Chavez. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Um, Evita. Evita. Lance Bose. Um, Joey Fat One. <laughs> And that big old butt. <laughs> that big old booty. Um, yeah, the jaw. I mean, it, I started smiling from the beginning. He had such an infectious personality. His kicks were so sharp. I give it a 10. So did the judges. 30. 30 for the jive. And, I mean, correct. Yes. <laughs> the answer is correct. Yes. So, Joey is... Joey has been good all season. I think he is... He is just continuing that right trajectory where it doesn't feel like he is peaking. No. It feels like he's just improving on what was already so good. Yes. Now we talk about somebody who... Improvement, peaking, leaving... The other Mr. Pork Chop. (laughs) John Ratzenberger and his partner, true star of the season, Edita Slavinska. She is an icon. The sister I never had. The mother I always wanted. You know, considering how many times I quote this, I should really learn the actual phrase. The order. She is... Yeah, I don't don't remember how it starts. She's the friend everybody deserves. (laughs) She is the animalistic woman that everyone should learn about zoology from. Yes. They dance a mambo in week six. It's kind of the same story with him. He needs to work on his technique. It lands them into the bottom two. Yeah. He is so not loose. No. And a mambo needs looseness, especially in the hips. I thought that he seemed to know the dance pretty well. He just wasn't executing it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of been the story of John Ratzenberger, though. He generally knows the dances, clearly knows sort of what he's supposed to do, but Mm -hmm. just does not have everything, especially that looseness. Yes. He's, He's tighter than I am. So we need two therapists this season. (laughs) Well, I don't think John's is like a result of his trust issues. No, I don't think it is either. Um, Yeah, it it was the mamba you expected. Yep. (laughs) Um, I must say, I loved seeing Edita do that backflip over John in her leg warmers in the rehearsal package. So good. Yes. So it scores them a 19. 7, 6, 6. Yep. Again, they ex- they escape the bottom two with Heather. And then they don't. <laughs> so in week seven, first up, they performed a foxtrot. We had another edit a heavy package. And my mother. So I was watching this episode with my mother in the room. And she looks at the TV and says, 
is that lady leg warmer? (laughs) (laughs) He said, Mom, I've never loved you more than this moment. Like, Mother, she's wearing leg warmers. Yes, the answer is yes. Who else in the year of our Lord 2007 was wearing leg warmers? Nobody. And she was pulling them off. Oh, yeah, she was. So I loved that my mother was just like, oh, yeah. I see it now. Lady leg warmer. I see it now. The Foxtrot needed more rise and fall. Yes. I wanted it a little bit smoother. Mm -hmm. Wanted them to glide a little bit more. I wanted a little bit more body contact. I wanted a little bit more looseness in the upper body, which is sort of strange to say in a ballroom dance Mm -hmm. where it's about good posture and strength. But it, again, just felt too... Rigid, yeah. Yeah, rigid is a good word. Mm -hmm. But I I liked it. Yes. It was probably his best dance. Yeah, in in recent weeks, it's definitely his best dance. It was a pleasant surprise. You know, despite having things that we wanted, it was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't necessarily surprised because before John does a ballroom dance, I tend to have more anticipation because I figure he can do those a little better. That's true. The Latin dances are where I get a little apprehensive. Mm-hmm. So I think it sees his highest score, 8, 7, and 8 for a total of 23. Mm-hmm. They then go to the Latin round where John and Edita are about to do a rumba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they do it to under pressure, which doesn't help. No. And Edita even talks in their package about how, like, we have to do a rumba, but, like, it is going to be different because of our age gap. Like, there is no getting around that. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to be able to play it the way that everybody else can. And it's going to be different considering their age gap, because she has had age gap rumbas before. But, like, John doesn't have the personality to do, like, a sort of cheeky rumba, Uh or... I don't know. It was going to feel weird no matter what. Yes. We've already said enough about his hips. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Which don't go. No. He needed to watch his throwaway arm. It wasn't... Something he's done, like, all season. He, like, lifts from below Uh with his elbow facing the ground. And they're, like, not 90 degrees. So it just kind of, like, swoops up. Yeah. And ends bent. And that's, like, his, like, default. Yeah. And that happens a lot in this run, though. Yes, it does. Rahisha's kind of scooping. Yes. And it's... Yeah, it was one of those where I was like, that's a choice. It's a little overscored, but honestly, I'm not mad because John has been a perfectly fine presence this season. Yes. And he's. And Edita has been so good. Yes. And Edita was so good in this dance. Mm -hmm. So I was okay with it. Yeah. I'm also not mad to see him go after this no it's time i would pr- have preferred billy ray over john um but the judges are eating billy ray up so well i mean billy ray has a lower score than john does yes this week. but like in the history of this yes. season and in the case of john john says it considering he was a very late addition to the cast yes 
He never expected to get to week seven. Yes. I think that's a victory for him. I would agree. Also, apparently he was still doing like recording work for Ratatouille, which feels very late. I thought so too. Because that movie came out in like June or July that year. I thought so too. So I was wondering if he was actually recording for like a future Pixar movie. I mean, they showed the line. I know, but they clearly had that ready. Yeah. So it made me wonder if like they did that for the cameras and then were like doing other things. But I I have no idea. Yeah. Fun fact. Mm Mm-hmm. Until, obviously, the pandemic, mm-hmm. the only Pixar movie I did not see in theaters was Ratatouille. Really? I was 14. I was too cool for animated movies at that moment. And then it turns out I was like, oh, wait, I love no, animated movies. <laughs> and you were like, wait a minute. No, and Ratatouille's no. very good. I remember being 16, which is older than 14. At Ratatouille? No, not a Ratatouille, oh. but taking my cut, like begging my younger cousin, she's 10 years younger than me, so she would have been six, begging her to go to Beauty and the Beast when it got re-released in theaters oh, okay. and like begging her because I wanted to go so bad, but I felt like I still had to have like a child with me. I did that every now and then. And then truly the moment I stopped caring was when I got my first job and I was like, well, I have nobody to really go to movies yeah. with, so I'm going to go alone. And I went to Moana by myself oh. and like ran into students at a 7 p.m. showing. And they were like, oh, hi, Mr. Dockham. And I was just thinking like, I don't care that I'm here alone. No, like I could not okay have with given this. less of a fork. Yeah. So John Ratzenberger strangely didn't add to the season what we expected. Yep. But he was enjoyable. Yeah, but was a good addition nonetheless. And he did well. Yep. We're happy with it. Yep. And we got plenty of Edita. He, he brought out something great in Edita. Yeah. Star of the, the season. season. MVP, most valuable pro. Mm-hmm. Let's go from one not-so-good dancer to the other not-so-good dancer. Mm-hmm. It's Billy Ray and Karina Smirnoff. Performing... Of all the dances possible, a jive. I mean, they said it was a jive. Was it? No, it was not. I feel bad because I have, I don't think I've said like one positive thing about Billy Ray. And guess what? It's not going to change today. (laughs) (laughs) I hated the jive. As soon as in the package, Karina said. He started choreographing. Well, Karina said. I don't care about his technique this week. I thought to myself, what a strategy. (laughs) What a thing to admit on camera that the judges get to consume. And the judges see it right before they're going to judge a dance. So when Pro says, his technique doesn't matter, what are they going to be primed to look at? His technique. I don't know how they even give it a 21. I don't either. She does so much in this dance. She disguises him well because I just enjoyed watching him or watching her. She far outdanced him. Oh, yeah. And, like, I would say it's been very clear that she is, like, the professional, obviously. But, like, she's kind of done an okay job of kind of meeting him at his level, doing what she needs to do, but, like, not so outperforming him. This week she was like, I have to... Because she was doing kicks and things that looked right. He was not. 
Was he doing a character in this dance? I've literally no idea. Because I wondered if he was trying to be like cool 50s character, which is why he was so low energy. Mm-hmm. But it also could have just been that he was so low energy. Yeah, he was looking down the whole time. I mean, it just was not. It scores a 21. I have literally no idea. I have no idea. That that wasn't scoring him. That wasn't scoring him. Is no. what it has to be. Yeah. I can't believe it. Katie, then they do a waltz in week seven. You so, love you love you a waltz. Did you love Billy Ray's? No. I was watching What? This, I'm shocked. I was watching this in Denver with my friend Kirsten. And Kirsten has had to endure about four years of Dancing with the Stars Mania from college. So she has seen a, a small portion of the show and at least understands the crazy that comes with this. Um she was watching it over my shoulder and she was going, he didn't move. He didn't dance. I think he took two steps. So this is someone who like, is a complete outsider perspective who is saying he was horrible. My mother was confused by the exact same thing I was. You say he didn't dance. Mm -hmm. Billy Ray says, I'm just spotlighting Karina. Yes. How is what they did any different than any from other the dance. normal, like, well, the star can't really do the dance, so the pro is going to dance circles around them. Mm-hmm. How is this any different? It's not. But Billy Ray really wants to spotlight Karina's skill. The other celebrities just don't say, I'm horrible and I can't learn two dances, so I'm going to do one where I stand and she moves around me. I mean, my mother was totally confused and I said something along the lines of like, it just sounded to me like he didn't want to learn a dance and said, hey, Karina, I'm going to spotlight you by letting you dance solos. I'll dance. Yes. Karina's dress seemed to move well, but it like seemed to also get in the way of a Mm -hmm. lot of the things she was doing. Mm -hmm. I noticed that. And that's truly like the only thing I care about in the dance because... What is there to say about him? Nothing. And somehow, Carrie Ann gives it a five. The boys give it sixes. It gets 17. I don't even know how. He is in the bottom two in week seven. Mm-hmm. So at least there's that. But how? My, my mother was just, could not believe Billy Ray was still in this. Mm-hmm. Then they dance a samba to Living in America. And because that song is used in Rocky Four, Billy Ray starts in a boxing <laughs> yes. jet, like a boxing um, robe. robe, and then takes it off, and that's the end of the boxing. Yep. Because it's Billy Ray. Have you seen the Rocky movies? No. I watched all of them this year. Did you enjoy them all? Yeah. Some are better than others. Did you enjoy Rocky or Creed more? My two favorite of the series are both Rocky movies. Okay. I would put Creed as like number three. Okay. Because I loved Rocky Balboa, which does very many of the same things as Creed. Okay. Either way. Um, He absolutely looked like he forgot some of his samba. He definitely looked confused. And, like, God bless Karina, but she can only do so much. I don't know why I'm about to say the things I'm about to say. 
I'm not about to say it was good. I'm not about to say it was good. Okay. Dare I say... He actually seemed in it in this dance. Like, very hesitant, very, like, unsure of what some of the choreography Mm -hmm. was. He didn't attack anything, but... It looked like he was maybe trying to have fun, trying to remember things. It was vaguely more watchable than usual. I can, like, understand what you're saying, but it doesn't, like, take away that, like, no. he absolutely forgot it. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. good. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? He's too bouncy, but the fact that he's, like, being bouncy means he's giving more effort. Yes. It scores a 21. <laughs> Straight sevens. Overscored. His 38 on the night is seven points behind John and Edita. Oh, really? Yes. Because they overall score 45. He has to make up seven points to not be eliminated. And he does. Yep. <laughs> Somehow. I mean, he can't last that much longer, right? I would hope. This brings us to our final... Contestant. Final celebrity of the night. And I'm very, very curious to know where you're at on this person. I'm very curious to know where you're at on this with this person. It is Apollo Anton Ono and Julianne Huff. I might be on the precipice of understanding and getting on board a train. I feel like I've I've gone to the station. I have... Have you paid for your ticket? I have not yet. Okay. I have gone to the ticket booth, and I am looking at departure times. Okay. Is how I feel right now. Where are you at in our <laughs> famous train station analogy? Maybe I'm... Maybe I've just jumped over the like entry rails uh-huh. to like maybe get on the train without paying okay. just to see what it's like. Okay. Okay. I, I still think in the packages, there's something lacking. Like if he had slightly like bigger reactions to things, yes, maybe I, I would, would buy a, t- a ticket feel more. Yes. Just, like, more energy. Yes, I agree. Personality is still somewhat subdued. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how... I mean, they are young. They make the comment that, like, their combined ages is, like, younger than the next contestant or something. I don't know. They, they phrased it really weird. So they are young. Julian's a first-timer. He is busy. So... I don't know if maybe all of that is working against them. I I don't quite know. But then he gets out there and he dances. His dancing. So their rumba involves a chair. And he has hip action while sitting in the chair. The chair lean at the beginning. Unbelievable. He just like... His dancing, especially, like, his Latin poses, look correct, and that's what's winning me over. Yes. He definitely looks correct. They bring in Derek Huff to help him... Also looks so young, like... Baby face. 
Um, and very mid two thousands hair. Oh yeah, they want to teach Apollo how to like be masculine while doing more fluid movement. Mm-hmm. I think was and and also just the idea of doing a rumba, having the chemistry yeah. because as Derek says, like I've danced a rumba with my sister. Yeah, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. My favorite move, mm-hmm. because of course it was. The Julian split. goes into a split. Apollo takes one of the legs and like lifts it up so that her other foot is still on the floor. Yes. And it just becomes like an like a leg raise pose. It's so cool. That was a chef's kiss for everybody. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. This was, of course, a dance where I was like, do I like rumbas? Like, it was so good. I wanted a little bit more, like, connection between them. Okay. But phenomenal dance. Was the chair too theatrical for you? No. Grumpy Len Goodman. Len was complaining that the chair is too theatrical. This isn't theater. It's a ballroom dance competition. If he's this angry about a chair... I mean, and how fitting that Derek is there for a dance that Len is going to be mad that it's not proper ballroom for. How fitting. How fitting indeed. So it sees a 28. Mm-hmm. A 10 from Bruno. Mm-hmm. Then they dance a foxtrot in week seven. It's so strange of a package because they put together like a really like tense music, uh-huh. sort of everything like, okay, all these things are, it was, I don't know. It, it felt like something where, oh, we feel the pressure is on. We feel everything might be falling apart. And I didn't exactly get why we were doing that for them. Yeah. My mother enjoyed that he was being like inducted to the Asian American hall of fame. Awesome. And she enjoyed that it looked like they were holding the ceremony in a high school gymnasium. It did. Or like a hotel banquet hall type thing. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was really sweet to see his dad and him like talking about it just very quickly, but talking about their experience, Yeah, which I I thought was a really, it humanized Apollo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, we're looking for ways to really connect to him. Yes. And this one was because it just on it. felt. More, I mean, like I don't know. A lot of his packages have been like, you know, I'm a skater. Let's get out on the ice. Let's do like these things, which are fine, but they're not necessarily humanizing because it is his job. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is like, it just was different. It had a different feel to it. Yeah, and it's also hard because I did not realize until they say it in this episode. He's 25. Yeah. He looks older because that horrible goatee. (laughs) If you can even call it that. Kirsten literally was like, what is on his, what is his facial hair? I was like, that's what he's like known for. Yeah, that's his look. It's his brand. Yeah. I really liked the dance. Yeah. He was in it. Good glide, rise and fall. Like so much good happening. There was a lift at the end, but so much good happening. It just seemed so easy to him. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous they had beautiful fluidity they had good frame it it just oozed ease and then did not get a score that i thought it was worthy of i 
I could have seen it getting straight nines. Yeah. <laughs> and then Bruno says, you can't say that wasn't sophisticated. And Len says, I did. I can. <laughs> Which I love Len so much. The fact that that's his response. Like, I, I can say it because I did say it. Yes. Like, I love him. So it scores a 26 and eight from Len, nines from the other two. From Dopey and Weepy. Yep. Then, they, for their Latin dance, dance a mambo. Mm-hmm. He has, and I know this is going to sound up because he's a speed skater, fabulous lower body control. Yes, he does. But, like, you don't see that a lot. And, like, it is worth noting because it is fabulous. Mm-hmm. And because, at least for me, like, Uh okay, sure, we'll watch footwork. Yeah. But, like, I'm going to mostly pay attention to the upper half of your body Mm -hmm. as I'm watching you dance. Mm -hmm. With Apollo, it's almost like I can't because his legs are so good. Yeah. They demand your attention. You're a legman. I never knew I was a legman until Apollo Anton Ono showed me his legs. You knew you were a legman well before Apollo Anton Ono rolled around. Did I? Stacy, Kim, edit us. Those are women, though. Oh. That's different. Okay. Okay. It's Apollo Ono, your sexual awakening. <laughs> How dare you? (laughs) We were just talking about his facial hair. How dare you? I thought his mamba was so much fun. Mm -hmm. I thought his footwork was insane. Mm -hmm. It was intense. I thought he seemed a little like rushed to get through it. So there was a little bit of that like energy to the dance. But like it was so Good. They go to the judges getting comments. Uh, uh, the outfit she was wearing yeah. was so great. I loved that they like kind of used it like Anita throws yeah. at some times. Yep. Very cool. And especially that final section where he had his leg up and she like turned underneath it. Mm-hmm. Much wow. Yeah. Much wow. So we go to the judges comments and... I immediately noticed, I don't think you noticed quite as much, that Julianne was, like, fidgeting with her dance and, like, kept bringing... Fidgeting with her dress. Her dress, yeah. and Or, yeah, with her dress. And, like, kept bringing the fabric, like, up to her neck. And I was like, why is she, like, you just danced in this. Why are you, like, doing this? Mm -hmm. Why are you fidgeting so much? And then Carrie Ann makes the comment, there was a wardrobe malfunction. It is so minuscule you mm-hmm. blink and you if you're I, not, I did go back and watch and found it yes it was like two layers of fabric and one falls falls forward i mean if you're not if carrie never made the comment i would never have known same yeah in terms of the judges i couldn't disagree with len more i i really really loved that dance mm-hmm. like he he just his comment was like it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. It was good. It wasn't great. And I, I was like, like I disagree. I thought it was great. I thought so too. 
And yet, I mean, it still scores a 28 with that's, a 10 from Bruno. That's like the weird thing about the judges is they seem like particularly harsh on a dance. And then they give it the same exact score as the other. T- it's It's been a little odd. So, yep, we see a 28 on the Mamba. Well, I think some of it is... Len, especially, we've, we've said this before, when the other two... Or, like, one of them will start raving about it. To contrast it, you kind of end up going, like, well, when I speak about it, I'm going to hate it. Yeah. And then actually be like, but I think it's fine. Yeah. Sort of like, even with Billy Ray's dance, when you were saying, like, I hated this, it was terrible, blah, blah, blah. And I was about to say, well, I think there was at least a little bit something of worth. Not that I loved it, mm-hmm. but automatically the way I was speaking made it sound like, oh, I love this. And then I'm still going to give it like a five at best. Yeah. So now, Chris. Let, let's let finish up with a little bit of Kenny, Jerry, and Len. Let's talk about the real star of these weeks. Dance Center. Dance Center is, for people who don't know, do you want to explain it? I already kind of did for that reason. Like when we were first talking about Dance Center, I was talking about what it was. So that we would know. Okay. It is so... But if you want some real deja vu, Kenny Maine and Jerry Rice and Len Goodman get together in the skybox and talk about the dancers as though they're talking about sports analytics. I definitely didn't use some of those exact words earlier in this episode. You didn't. I did. No, you did I not. I did. No, you did not. I did. Whatever. It is so freaking funny. It is so funny. It is dry. Literally within like the first minute of it, Kenny is looking at Len and it's like controversial scoring in season two, by the way. Like just. <laughs> and then moves right on. Yes. It's so quick. It's so. There's one shot, and I can't tell you when it happens, that I think was a mistake to have in the segment. There is a shot of Len laughing at something Kenny says. Mm-hmm. That's something that in general they're going to remove over time, that they're going to almost create a more antagonistic like perspective between Len and Kenny. Uh-huh. And this one, they like show Len just being like, this is so silly and laughing about yeah. it. But also, this is the first time they're doing it. So, like, of course, it's going to get more over the top, more ridiculous over time. But it is so fun. It is so much fun. I don't even know what part of it is my favorite. Like, they talk about how Ian is a perfectionist. And then they cut to Ian saying anything less than 100% is is not 100%. And And they show a graphic. Of 100% versus 58%. That is 42% different. (laughs) He's right. It is not 100%. Like, it is so ridiculous and so funny. If you analyze, like, literally, they, you know, they, they have a graphic and they show the couple and they have, like, strengths and blah, blah, blah. For John, it's literally said, lacks ability to dance. Like, it's so good. There are just so many, like, brutal lines that are so funny. I think Jerry Rice does a good job in this of, he's there to be, like, the color commentator. Yes. 
And he sort of moves things along a little more than Kenny because Kenny yes. is really the one delivering the jokes. Yes. Jerry is here to be like sort of a nice, not expert on dancing, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about things. Len, again, goes in for serious things. Yep. But then here comes Kenny. With just a savage line. It's almost like we said this at the start of this episode. It's phenomenal. What do you want to talk about with Dance Center then? I just... uh, To me, this Dance Center is not immediate... Like, Dance Center, it is clear why they are going to turn to it every time. Yeah. In the history of Dance Center, this one doesn't really stick out to me. Mm -hmm. But it it does have, like, that 100%. Joey's butt. Yeah. Um, Like, those are kind of the... Standout. The standout moments. Um, they do make fun of Apollo's facial hair. Oh, yeah. And the way they draw on the telestrator, like draw a face. Yes. Also very much made me laugh. Yes. Phenomenal. Bring back Dance Center. Absolutely. <laughs> Question. Yeah. Now that Kenny, Kenny Maine, not to date this podcast when we're recording it, Kenny Maine just recently left ESPN. Mm -hmm. So of course would never come back because ABC. If they were to do Dance Center again in the new version of the show that we don't talk about. Yeah. Who do you bring back or who do you bring to replace Kenny Maine? Assume you still have Jerry, you still have Len. Yeah. Who's your third center chair? Rashad Jennings. Maybe. See, that's what's hard because I was like, I'm not sure there's another personality like Kenny Mayne. There is not. Because I was thinking, well, obviously she won't do it because she was, you know, let go from the show. But like Aaron would be a good fill-in for the Jerry spot. Yeah. But not for the Kenny spot. No. Um, And Rashad's not a great Kenny, but like... Rashad would be like a Jerry spot. Basically everybody going through my brain... It's a Jerry spot. Like, say what you will... David Ross, Jerry Spot. Yeah. And, and I know we're only thinking about sports figures. Yeah. If we if we thought about non-sports people, it might be a little easier to find somebody to do it. But I still don't know who you, Oh, I know who you get. Who? Leah Remini. Thank you. Like, it's Leah Remini, no questions. Yeah. It is absolutely Leah Remini. The only person that I thought of it's not the exact same energy, uh-huh. and we've established he's a monster, John O'Hurley. It's a it's a, it is a different energy, yeah. but you have that dry yes. kind of moving along. Yes, it's Leah Remini. It's Leah Remini. What if? Ready for a curveball choice? Yeah. Master P. Absolutely not. He does basketball things. He can't deliver the lines. Well, maybe he'd care about this. If you could have a dance center lineup that does not have to be like anything sports related, who do you have? Who do you have with Leah? And do you keep Len? Yes. I think you keep Len. How do you get rid of Len? No, Len, Len is like the expert. Yeah. Len is the X factor, especially when they turn it into like antagonism against Len in Dance Center. Yes. Len is like very important to what Dance Center is. Yes. 
opposite Leah. It's hard because, of course, I think of, like, our seasons that we've seen so far. The first four. Yeah. Again, if she hadn't been let go from the show, Erin Andrews would be be a great great choice. Yeah. She has the right energy for that spot. Mm -hmm. If not Erin, why not Samantha? (laughs) I think Alfonso could be good. To keep it as another contestant. Yeah. You know I've never necessarily been like all in on Alfonso yeah. like some people have. Um, okay. Are, are you ready for this one? Yeah. Why not Bobby Bones? And I say this because with Jerry, you got somebody who wasn't necessarily one of the great dancers. Yeah. Was a finalist. So you get Bobby, who we all know was not one of the great dancers. Yeah. But one. Yeah. So, it, like, you kind of have that weight, authority, whatever. I don't know if you could have him and Len on a panel together, though. I feel like Len... I don't know how the judges feel about Bobby Bones. And maybe this is a discussion for a different day. I could see there being some, like... Is it because they thought he shouldn't win? Yeah, like I could see but, there being some like. But that's where they didn't think Jerry should be in second. Oh, that is true. But Jerry had a better relationship with the judges than I think Bobby did. But they also liked Bobby's finale. Yeah. And if you're the judges, you can't be mad because you also know part of the game has always been America. Yeah. I have just recently seen where Bobby said that he thinks that the producers changed the format of like how voting works. But that's the producers. Yeah. And we know they changed things after that. Yeah. We know it. Yeah. But we also know Bobby benefited from a production choice where it was a one night finale. Yeah. Oh my God. Where people were voting between four people and not just three. Bobby makes sense also because Mm -hmm. he would... He has experience in that role. Yeah. Which is why, like, David Ross would be another person who could absolutely be yeah. one of those. Because he's kind of like that goofy energy. Yeah. Somehow came in second. We don't talk about that. What if you do, like, Bill Ingvall and Leah? See, I wondered that. I could buy it. I could absolutely buy that. Yeah. Final off-the-wall choice. Yeah. I'm Kenny Mayne, you're Jerry Rice. Len stays in his Len chair. Done. Done. I feel like I'd be a better Kenny than you. You don't see it? I don't see it. Okay. I can be Jerry. Well, signing off from the skybox. <laughs> we'll bring it back down to the end of our podcast. Yes. Ugh. Katie. What a time I've had here in person with you. In my apartment. Together. If you've enjoyed listening to us together, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcatcher you listen to and recommend that other people listen. You can also find us and connect with us on our social meets. We are on Twitter at JMP Pod, and we can be found on Facebook at Just Meaningful Plastic. Katie, I love you and I like you. Chris, I hear you and I see you. And I can reach out and.
Touch you. Touch. Touch, 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 touch me. <laughs> That's exactly where my brain went to. <laughs> Katie, all I know is like near, far, wherever you are, like, and we're right here. We're near. We aren't we're near. far. We're not far. And please remember, stay tuned for an all new episode of The Bachelor coming up next.